All right, everybody, welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul. And I'm Eric. And we are going to be starting a, uh, I actually don't know how many episodes, I think it's going to end up being a four-part series, maybe three, of uh, a little bit of Moon Knight as we get into the uh, the new Disney show that has come out for said character. Uh, we're going to go through and read some of his uh, more famous uh, runs through here. Uh, this episode, we're going to be starting, uh, we did read the first couple issues in the Doug Mensch uh, and Bill Senkowitz um, 1980s Moon Knight run. Yeah. Uh, we were going to talk about that one, but it, it, it there's less to to really break down there, especially in the early issues. You really got to. Do... I was going to say we would have had to have gotten like 20 issues in just to get a decent amount of. To meat. even get where he, like the character starts to resemble Moon Knight, essentially. Yeah, yeah. but I, I wanted to, you to at least read that first issue so that way you got some of the archaic kind of like side characters. I was going to say I'm Moon actually Knight's group. I'm actually super happy that I read the first few issues of that because like I, I didn't expect. Uh, them to like bring the back together Crawley or like know, Marlene uh, Marlene or Frenchie, Frenchie. Yeah. yeah like they had like all those characters or side characters from the first like four issues of that 80s one are all in this yeah it's kind of like a um like a Morrison Batman thing where they take all the continuity regardless of how what people thought about it or if they yeah. were fan favorites or not and they were just like nope we're bringing it all in here we're gonna make it work somehow they're yep. here now exactly um so that's going to be what we're going to be reading today is essentially we'll talk we'll use the the first couple issues we read from that original 80s run for context to inform yeah. our discussion of the Lemire Smallwood uh, arc that we're talking about today but that's mainly what we're going to be talking about is the 2016 run of Moon Knight uh written by Jeff Lemire and um art by Greg Smallwood at least on this first arc yeah. um it changes artists a couple times throughout yep. the run uh and then we're going to be talking about that run that run is uh 14 issues long so we'll get through the first 5 which is the first First story uh, today, um, and then we'll be able to read the rest of it, essentially finish up that run next time we come back to talk about more Moon Knight. Um, and then after that, I don't know what, what Moon Knight book we'll do after that. We have a couple good options, though, because Moon Knight is one of those characters where there's a lot of really good runs you can do. Yeah. There's a Warren Ellis one, right? Uh, there is. We're probably going to avoid that one just because of Warren Ellis stuff. <laughs> but That's true. I was going to um, say, I was like, let's not do that one. <laughs> it's, it, it's a good book. I mean, art exists separate of the of the writer. It's yeah. worth reading. I just don't want to promote it on the podcast. Yeah, you don't want to put it. I would it recommend push. it. It's a good book. Like, we're not gonna, Just because they're a shitty person doesn't mean all their books are suddenly shitty. Yeah, there are other people <laughs> that helped out uh, Lon Exactly, with it, so. yeah. And the art's fucking It shouldn't fantastic. be completely discounted. Exactly. And the artist is amazing, so let's not oh, uh, yeah. ruin that. So, I mean, it's only five issues, too, so you could go read that. It's just not something i wanted to do on the podcast yeah um but what i have heard recommended is the current run of moon knight which is apparently really really good and who's on that um jed mckay who i hadn't read a lot from previously but i've started to read more of his comics and pretty good okay. uh, really fun a, a black cat run that i've been reading and i nice. uh, haven't read any of their other books yet but we we will dive into it. Yeah. Um, so I, th I think that'll be a fun one, too, just from the art I've seen. is, is pretty solid. And, and that's good. ongoing? Uh, yeah, it's ongoing right okay. now. It's about 10 issues in right now. So okay. I'm guessing maybe maybe 12 by the time we get to it. Gotcha. Uh, if you have any recommendations, of course, uh, you can reach us over at Twitter. Um, over at Twitter. Yeah, we're <laughs> at Twitter. We're the official Twitter handle. Um, just got to get over there. <laughs> we're at Agents of Podcast over on Twitter if you want to see what we're reading ahead of time. Or tweet at us and recommend a book for us to read because we usually, you know, if anyone going to write into us we're usually going to listen to that first oh yeah um so definitely feel free to do that otherwise the plan for today is to talk about said moon knight issues and then discuss um the pilot episode of the new moon knight tv show which without getting into it right away i liked more than i thought i was going to like so yeah it was solid yeah it was uh not as um bland as a lot of the other marvel shows are at least not yet it might get there yeah and um, I'm, I'm very happy that 
they kind of did a quick burn on the origin and they just kind of launched into it. It seems like they're just going to launch into it. Well, they did a good thing in that show, which again, we'll talk about it more at the end of this episode. They did a good thing in that show. We're actually letting um, Mark, or in this case, Stephen Grant, yep. be the actual point of view. Yeah. So that way you as an audience member don't get all the answers yet. Yep. Because they could have easily started it with some doctor being like, here's Mark Spector. He has three personalities and you meet each one. Yeah. Which would have been way less way less interesting. Yep. And would have taken a lot longer to like get into the actual meat of it. Yeah. So a lot of the, at least this one, like this show seems to have some sense of style and pacing. For sure. Um, Like it, it was trying to be entertaining first in a Marvel show second, so I'll take that. Oh yeah. That's, definitely. that's a rarity. Yep. But without further ado, we can go ahead and get into the business uh, since we already got everything out of the way uh, early in this episode. Let's just go ahead and get started. We are going to be reading, as I said, uh, Moon Knight number one through five of the 2016 run to get through the whole creative team here. Oh, they did put it at the front. Way to go, editors. Right. Uh, written by Jeff Lemire, who we, this is not the first book of his we have reviewed. We've actually done a few of them, I think. Yeah. Or did we just do one? Was it just Sweet Tooth? No. Uh, I feel like we did another. There must have been another one, yeah. but at least we did Sweet Tooth for yeah. sure, um, which we will come back to when Sweet Tooth season two comes out, uh, definitely. Um, but Jeff Lemire is an incredibly well-known writer, tons of inc- incredible bibliography, like yeah. t- tons of fantastic books. Uh, oh, yeah. My favorite is probably Gideon Falls, who I believe Greg Smallwood also does the art for. He did, yeah. Uh, so uh, we get that creative team back here. If you're a fan of Gideon Falls, you'll like this. Yeah, definitely. Um, we have colors by uh, Jordi Belair, who always does fantastic colors, and letters by VC's Corey Pettit. If I had to describe the art in this book, it's very... Um, I, again, we are always going to be bad at describing art. So, oh yeah, uh, what I would describe it as is the very, very good uses of negative space for sure. Yeah. Um, and Moon Knight, I think, if you're an artist on Moon Knight, this is just a uh, really good opportunity because Moon Knight's costume is all white. Yeah. And the pages of comics are all white. Yeah. So it gives you some really cool opportunities to play with the borders of panels, especially when you get like the actual Moon Knight in costume kind of going through it. Yep. Um. One very small example, just here on page two, like before I even flip through it too much, is Moon Knight is like, uh, or in this case, Mark Spector is going through this vision of this like, you know, starry night, um, kind of like Egyptian tomb. And he's walking inside of this. Conchu is talking to him in his head. And there's this part where he like goes into an inner chamber and reaches into the door. And he like has his hand like the inner door is that negative space of the comic panel. Yeah. So he's kind of like pulling on the comic panel to get in. And then once he's in, the whole room is negative space. And it's just him standing in like an empty white void with Conchu. Yeah, his paneling is like super elite. I yeah. feel like, and it was the same way in Gideon Falls because because even some pages like he'll be talking to Conchu or something. Like there won't even be panels or borders; it'll just be a completely white yep. space. Yeah, and it's fucking, it's really fucking good. Um, so this is just a, a pleasure of a book to look at. Oh yeah, uh, pretty much at all times. It makes it quite the page turner. And there's different, really good changes in style too, because the style we see on these pages where he's going through this like starry temple is a lot different than what we see in the um, the mental hospital where he is, uh, where a lot of this first arc is going to take place. Yeah. Um, they kind of set it in this like kind of one flew over the cuckoo's nest style environment where it's very much a very dated mental hospital with like electroshock and like all these like steel bar walls. Yeah. Um, where it's more like an Arkham Asylum prison than anything else. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so it's very much like they purposely put you in that style of like, wait, where the hell is he? Why does this look like Shutter Island? This seems so dated. Yep. Um, 
And it, so the art style changes to match that, but it also changes to match a more like action pace style too. When we're getting into the action like sequences of this book, like there's a much more kind of like kinetic, simple way of drawing that, and like a way of like a lot of artists do uh, in action comics where you zoom in on specific things. Like if someone's throwing a punch, you have this quick little panel of a zoom in on the hand in the middle of that panel. Yeah. Um, it's a really good way of doing action that I've seen other artists do as well. Um, so I really love that the, any artist that can change the style of what they're doing to fit the mood, especially when there's like changes in like uh, the point of view, like we kind of get here. Yeah, exactly. And they're like two very different settings. I feel like whenever right. it's more dream sequency or like it's some fantastical place that like the, it gets a lot more expressionist and less like defined. Yeah. And, and like the coloring and like the way it's drawn is more like uh, kind of like creases in a map. There's yep. spots that are like empty as if it's been like uh, degraded over time. It yeah, looks very, yeah. very good. Definitely. Um, but what's cool about the story in this is, like I said, they throw you back in this kind of archaic looking mental hospital where Mark Spector is stuck and they keep telling him over and over, like, you're not Moon Knight. You're just a person with DID who thinks that they are Moon Knight. That's one of your personalities. But yep. You've been in this hospital your whole life and Moon Knight is a real person, but you're not him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what they keep telling him. And he sees Moon Knight on TV and he's like scratching his head like, what the hell? Yes. Yeah, like, how, how, I'm in here. That's not me. Yeah. And they give you enough of these like otherworldly like hints that even in the first issue you're positive that this is not like you're not this isn't a real place yeah. yeah which of course is a reader you're gonna know like if you're a longtime moon knight fan and you pick up moon knight number one and you find out mark specter's not moon knight that's yep. not what you're expecting that's not gonna, we know that's not the story going in yeah and obviously it's pretty apparent going in that it's gonna be or at least this is set up as an unreliable narrator type right. scenario and they give us little uh flashes back to older moon knight comics so those who have read moon knight before granted i would say this is largely many people's first moon knight comic it's probably between this and the warren ellis one okay so many people like jumped onto the, me included jumped onto this as their first moon knight book so it gotcha. also just gives you this weird like look back where if you've read it before you'll see what we're talking about but if not you also get these little pictures of what his other personalities are like yep uh, a good example here is when gina like stops him in the uh, the middle of the hospital and he just has this flashback which again we go back to that other style of art yeah with like the mo kind of like uh drawn on canvas kind of map canvas kind of art style and it shows uh jake lockley one of his personalities and she even calls him jake she's like oh hey jake like uh you want some of my food yeah you haven't even tasted it yet but you love it mm -hmm. and it's this flashback and it shows him like with the mustache and the cabbie hat um and so like you get these glimpses of no that was real that happened like these are other personalities within him um and crawley is which is a hilarious character is just this old man who instantly and this is issue one goes up to him he's like this place isn't real it's a construct these people <laughs> they're evil they're out to get you right <laughs> so he's pretty much laying the groundwork which it sounds like he's like oh and i've trust me i've done a lot of drugs so i might not be completely right but i'm pretty sure i got the right picture <laughs> i'm almost positive <laughs> and so like you, when you hear him you're like i mean he's probably right knowing what i know about Moon Knight in yeah. general. But <laughs> there's no way he's less unreliable. Yeah, I can I can understand why Mark would be hesitant. And like and like we said, all a lot of the supporting cast from the other Moon Knight runs show up here. Marlene is here in the hospital, Frenchie we yep. later see is here as well. Yep. Um Duchamp, who they hinted at in the show. Uh there's a Easter egg. Did they? Yep. When he when he's going through his phone, you see the name Duchamp. Oh, I didn't know I didn't know. So Frenchie will probably be in the show. Hell yeah. <laughs> Um, but you see all these all these supporting characters who, um, you know, you could have just cut out for a story like this, but it's cool to have those pieces of life from before that you can grab onto. Yeah, definitely. 
And where things really start to get interesting is where you start to like break down some of the rules of this place, like who might be running it and why. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you're halfway through the first issue and you've accepted that this is probably some kind of construct or trap. Some supervillains probably behind this. Yep. Um, but they lay it out in a cool way where, um, like the person, his, uh, like the doctor he's talking to and kind of like giving updates to is uh, Doctor Emmett, and uh, he keeps thinking like uh, Emmett, a moot. God of judgment. Right. <laughs> yeah. You must be the God of judgment. And she's like, no, my name's Irish. I assure you it's not. Um, it's like, maybe you should have picked something that didn't quite have the similar pronunciation. <laughs> so it, there's something about the way he writes this, though, where, like, you know that it's this isn't, like, real. But they the characters in it do such a convincing job of, like, explaining away all the little things. Oh, yeah. And, like, they show him this notebook. It's like, no, you always thought you were Moon Knight. Look, here's drawings from you as a kid. Like, all this gaslighting stuff. Oh, yeah. It's of, really well laid out. Yeah. Um, where you're just like, damn, what's happening? Here? Are they <laughs> retconning the character? What's happening? <laughs> uh, it's really good. And um, when Kanshu does finally talk to him, like, that's when it, it feels like things are finally uh, getting normal again. Yeah. Which, the way that this book ends, like, at the very end, when you find out, spoilers... Turn it off now if you haven't read the, the comic. <laughs> At the end, when we find out it's actually Khonshu who's responsible for a lot of this, yeah. it actually, the way, this is like gaslighting to the extreme. <laughs> and, and the way it's all portrayed from the very, rereading this was very cool because the most comforting parts of these issues are when he's talking to Khonshu. Yeah. Because Khonshu makes things, everything makes sense. Exactly. He's like, oh, no, 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 forget all this nonsense. You're a superhero and there's superhero stuff going on. Look outside. There's sand all over. The Avengers are dead. We need your help. <laughs> like everything starts to make sense when Khonshu is talking so and it makes sense because Khonshu is trying to make him the one rope he can grab onto yeah and it almost kind of comforts the reader at the same time it's like all right someone knows what's happening like right. it'll kind of get reeled in at this point so we're exactly in Mark's Mark's shoes here where we're like just keep listening to Khonshu yeah. he's the voice of reason this dude knows what's up only listen to Khonshu <laughs> which is so creepy when you read it's it it's really weird <laughs> yeah. it's like holy shit he did this on purpose yeah like I fell for it <laughs> um yeah, because there's these scenes, he's just like in his room at night, and he's like, Khonshu, can you hear me? He's like, of course, my son, I can always hear you. Mm-hmm. It's like, I-, I need help, I'm stuck here. He's like, you know what to do, you're Moon Knight. And then he like right. takes this uh, this sheet from his bed and wraps it around his head like a, like, a, um, like a uniform, and uses the sheets as a cape, and then like has this really cool moment, like an iconic part from this first issue, where he stands up and carves a moon into the, the sheet on his head, and he just yeah. has this like, kid's costume almost. <laughs> But when he's wearing the mask, even though like there's, it's not a like super mask or anything. Yeah, he, we, mystically he can see like the true shapes, quote unquote, the true shapes. Yeah. of these guards, and they look like uh, jackals, like these Egyptian kind of. Uh, yeah, owls. they're like the dog heads. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, and of course we get this really cool scene of like both of them being like, uh oh, it's Moon Knight, <laughs> right? <laughs> they both get the shit beaten out of them in this really full like one page spread of just like an action sequence from each corner to each corner that just looks beautiful. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I said, he, he gets, he breaks out of the and go, uh, hospital and goes to the roof where he sees he's in New York city and there's like a pyramid that's bursted its way through the ground in the middle of the city. Everything's covered in sand dunes. Yeah. It looks and, dope. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it looks sick as fuck. Yeah. And there's these like angels of death, like flying through the city. Um, and like, that's when you, as a, especially as a reader, you're like, Oh boy, here, here's the plot. Here we go. Yeah. Time to march through and, and fight some baddies in the yeah. streets. But it, it stops right away because Mark kind of like he's dumbfounded by all this and the guards catch up to him and kind of kick his ass. And even Conchu's like pissed. He's like, all right, time to kick some ass, Mark. Let's beat these guys. And then he just gets stabbed with a needle and kind of just goes down. He's like, well, that was disappointing. I expected more, my son. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, going through and reading this with the hindsight is really fucking cool. 
Um, because you can see a lot of the, um, especially in these scenes where he's talking to Khonshu as well. Cause like you, the way they design him, um, I want to point out is for those who can't see this is, uh, he's wearing like a suit, like a full white suit with just like the skull. It's like a bird's uh, skull. Yeah. Um, with uh, just kind of these giant. Uh, I think that's eye what holes. they did for the show too. Yeah, that's the classic look they've been going with since like the modern era. It's, gotcha. it's really really cool. Um, although in, in the show he doesn't have the suit. I'm hoping he gets the suit. At some point. <laughs> yeah, that'd be. He's nice. still got kind of like the ancient Egyptian kind of rags. Yeah, it's more like the the garments. Yeah. Um, and Kanshu kind of gives us some of the plot here. He says that the a lot of these Egyptian gods exist in a place called the Other Void, which is kind of this like realm outside of space and time. Yeah, and this the part, other void. this part for all intents and purposes, might be true. He might be telling the truth here about this stuff. Yeah, the Other Void. This sounds very called. plausible, and he doesn't really have a reason to lie about this stuff. Yep. Um, because he says that these Egyptian gods, uh, as, as Mark calls them, are from this Other Void, and um, the reason why they're seen as the Egyptian gods is because that was a time in uh, the history of Earth when the barrier between those two planes was very weak yeah we so, were able to like just hang out and do yeah. what we wanted um so during that time in history those like thousand or two thousand years or whatever uh, they were able to get in and actually make contact with the human race and he even describes the, the egyptians as his playthings. yeah like they were just being gods because they could be yep um and and since then uh different things with cosmology have changed they can no longer travel to earth so now they're just kind of like they go through vessels kind of like warlock patrons hmm. uh where mark specter is the uh the patron of Khonshu. he's the voice of Kanchu, the fist of Kanchu, yeah. I should say. Um, and Kanchu pitches the idea that there could be versions of you for all these rivaling uh, Egyptian deities mm. who are, you know, have conflict with me. Yep. It's interesting, too, because he has this entire conversation with Kanchu while he's getting the electroshock therapy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, he gets electroshock, and then while that's happening, it's a, again, he get, gets brought back to a place of comfort. He gets brought, brought back to Kanchu, which is a, always an interesting parallel. Um, it's not too long uh, that they're in this hospital before they actually do break free and kind of get some of the plot rolling. Um, and we get introduced, uh, at least in this run, get introduced to Mr. Knight, who is one of Mark's many personalities. Uh, Moon Knight and Mr. Knight are actually technically different personalities. Okay. They fill different kind of roles. Yeah, yeah. Um, Moon Knight is more of the like the original, kind of like the uh, the one who protects Wanderers by night, whereas Mr. Knight, he's a little more like, he's kind of the person you see a lot in like uh, Moon Knight, like street crime stories. Uh, and from the images I've seen in the show, yeah, he's will... just—it seems like he's just kind of like a fixer. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's... all right, gentlemen, we have a plan. Yeah, kind of like a Winston <laughs> Wolf in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a lot of those vibes, a little bit for like, sure. Very in control, always knows what to do, never explains himself fully. That's Mister Knight. Oh yeah. Uh, so that's a very good uh, comparison. Yeah, definitely the fixer. And so they they break out and they do and you get more clues as they break out through the hospital. You go into the subway. You see these like Egyptian uh, hieroglyphics on the on the walls. Uh, they get attacked by mummies, which is of course you know that's got to happen. And anytime, like I said, anytime he has the mask, he sees what is quote unquote their true faces. And when we see uh, Amut, she is um, like this crocodile, which I'm guessing is I, I'm not fully versed on my uh, Egyptian uh, mythology, but I'm, I'm imagining that's the full form of uh, of Amut, which yeah. is a, a, a serpent or some kind of alligator. Yeah, crocodile. Yep. Uh, but it looks very cool because she's still talking like in her normal voice. She doesn't change personality, so it still kind of leaves that that you thinking like okay this still might be part of this that's in his head because they're yeah. they're still talking normally yep 
Uh, and like he's still very convincingly kicking their asses. Like when he sees them differently, they don't suddenly get superpowers and super strength. Moon Knight still kicks their asses. Oh yeah, they're so, getting beaten. <laughs> so, so you still think like, oh, what's happening? Yeah. And there are parts too where the people who are with him don't see what he's seeing. Yeah, they're like, dude, you're punching a cop. What are you doing? Yeah. And those parts really. And there's a whole bunch of those little scenes where they yeah. call into question is what you're seeing real. Yeah. So the way Jeff Lemire puts this whole story in the perspective, the point of view of. Uh, Mark and Jake and Mr. Knight and, and whatnot is, I think that's key to making a good Moon Knight comic. Definitely. Telling yeah. a Moon Knight comic in the third person is always going to be, you're just making a Batman story then. Yep. Totally. But, yeah, this is the way to make it unique. And Jeff Lemire said from the beginning he wanted this to be a book about like mental illness. So yep. if you want to show that respect, you got to really like have some empathy and kind of like show what they're feeling and like what they're dealing with. Exactly. Um, and this uh, issue with he- him fighting is uh, there's a couple really good lines by Kanchi, which is, again, foreshadowing to the way we're going to end this arc, which is uh, as he's running away, uh, Kanchi, like he pulls off his mask, which is weird because that's him almost like changing personalities. Yeah. And he, he pulls off his ma- mask. He's like, I can't do this, Kanchi. Like, I don't know where to go or what to do. Help me. And Kanchu's in the back of his mind probably going like, yeah, that's <laughs> what I was waiting for. And I'm the he- only one who could help. Yep. That's only me. And he even says, like, yep, come to me, Mark. Yes, uh, come to me. Uh, You alone must be a light against the infinite dark. Let your insanity guide you. Which, without, he might as well just come out and say it. Like, he's using his mental illness to take advantage of him to make him a warrior. Yeah. That's pretty much what's happening here. Oh, yeah. Because his mental illness is not caused by Khonshu. That that should be very clear to anyone who's never read Moon Knight before. That's not a superpower that he has. I think, I was reading something where I think someone did do a take of that. Where, like, the reason he has DID is because of, like, the damage that Kanchu did. But yeah. I, I don't know that's, how that's I like that. That's been backstepped. Yeah, that, yeah. That's been backstepped from because it's kind of like an offensive, t- it's an offensive exactly. take a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And it takes away, like, from right. like, the, the nature of, like, those characters. Yeah, it's okay too. to have some characters who actually have mental illnesses. People right. Happen, tons of people do. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly. totally fine. <laughs> right. Um, so it, it's it's a good way to play this as Kanchu if you want Kanchu to be this antagonistic, like, uh, character who is a, an otherworldly god who is just using you as a tool mm-hmm. like he he said earlier the egyptians were our plaything. so what makes you think you're gonna be any different yeah exactly yeah yep. that that i'd feel like that'd be a big red flag yep and, and let your insanity guide you yep that's what he says let your madness show you the way is what he says <laughs> um one thing i do really like about this comic as well and i think it only could have worked with this is it's extremely removed from the rest of the marvel universe yeah um i think later on in, in this run they, they do bring that back in after they get out of this whole like sequence but it being in this arc it would have been incredibly jarring to get too many like marvel tie-ins or have like iron man fly by and help him take out a couple of the guys or something yeah. like, some comics just can't help themselves with that and i think that this being completely isolated is the only way it could have worked so i'm happy for that yeah in a vacuum is yeah. definitely more ideal which i think the show is also that was one thing i'm gonna say about the show later is a big positive it was in a vacuum yep and i've already seen so many idiots just be like oh maybe like one of his other like personalities is in the the, the MCU universe and like it's just a bunch of I shit takes yeah. like that like like oh it's going to be multi-universe moon knights maybe like e- can we stop yeah maybe each personality is from a different universe now <laughs> and now loki's going to come and save him like God. Hey, shut the hell up yeah like can we just stop and enjoy one thing in the vacuum <laughs> christ and you can even have tiny things in the back like even this this arc as much as i just complimented it says mentions spider-man yeah they they were like it's your favorite hero no not spider-man moon knight yeah exactly so, like, you can have a comment or something just yeah. don't have it 
suck the life out of your story and be all of a sudden hates me yeah it doesn't need to take up like a bunch of pages yeah or, or even like when you do it in a movie it's harder too like in in no way home when daredevil shows up it just takes everything out of that scene instantly <laughs> and everyone's just like oh my god it's daredevil Wait, right. what's happening again <laughs> and, and that movie was more superficial than this would be but yeah, yeah. the example holds oh for yeah. sure but this whole arc ends with um, he leaves Gina at, at the diner where um, she, he's like, hey, listen, this place is going to kind of be overrun by sand eventually. And she's like, I mean. Oh, but yeah, but not before Crawley has to sell his soul to Anubis. Oh, right. Yeah, I missed that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Anubis gets a cameo. Yeah, Anubis comes by and he's like, listen, I, I need a soul if you guys want to get through here. Uh, and Although, no, I guess that wasn't Anubis. Um, or maybe it still could have been. Well, I guess we'll have to find out yeah. because we I, don't, I don't know, know exactly as far as we've read in issue five wh- who was involved in this, who was uh, an illusion, who was actually here. Were well, the- in the I'm like a few issues ahead, and Crawley shows up and talks to because the next two issues after this start with Jake, and yeah. he like comes up to Jake and he's like, "Oh, what's up, Mark?" Yeah, okay. like, wait, what? So spoilers, then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not get eaten. and it's actually kind of funny because Crawley's like, "Oh, well." I mean, I sold my soul to get you guys out of there, and it, it kind of seems like it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, but but that's what's cool is you actually, if I mean, if you sell your soul, yeah, you don't die. Yeah, you don't know if it happened or not. Yep, maybe it did. Yeah, who knows? That's the thing is we don't know. Uh, but yeah, but that's that's essentially what happens is they need to get through, and the only way Anubis is going to take him across is if he gets a soul. Yeah, and he, Moon Knight essentially is like, yo, right here. Yeah, uh, he's like, no, like, sorry, I can't so do that. You already get, you already got one. Yeah, Conchu's like all up in there. I'm not, can't do that. <laughs> I'm not sharing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he ends up, uh, he, he's left with Anubis and then Gina is left behind, uh, with her diner. She gives him one last meal and then she's like, listen, if this place is all going up in sand, fuck it. I'm going to go out with some pancakes, which yeah. I respect that. So like, if this has got to be my tomb, that's better than being out there. Yep. Um, and then as, as he's starting to kind of like connect more with his human side, this is, I, I, lo- I love how in five issues, there's so much to break down here. This is such a good comic. Yeah. Um, as they're eating here, there's a great scene right after this, because he's connecting more with his human side. He's in his Mr. Knight costume. Uh, he's got his mask off. He's just Mark right now. Yeah. Um, and he's not doing any Moon Knight stuff. He's just kind of hanging out with his friends while they just rest out and get some food. And at this point, Khonshu is in the back going like, Hey man, I thought we had a deal. Remember my whole thing about letting your insanity die here? <laughs> like, what the hell are we doing eating pancakes? I thought bro? we had a whole speech about how I'm the only one you can trust. <laughs> uh, and it, Mark is in the bathroom. Literally, uh, they have this scene take place in a dirty like uh, gas station bathroom. It's a diner. Yeah, but they make this place look like shit. Um, and he's peeing and then turns around and Khonshu's sitting on the toilet. <laughs> Fully clothed. He's not taking yeah, a dump, yeah. but he's just sitting on the toilet. Uh, and this is a very intentional place to talk to him. Yeah. Like him just sitting there full of crap. Yep. <laughs> um, and he's like, what do you think you're doing in here? Like the end is here. The hourglass is filling with sand and you're eating pancakes. <laughs> uh, tell me, Mark, are, are you the Moon Knight or are you just another passing piece of waste that deserves to be flushed? Listen, Moon Knight. Right. I need the toilet puns from you. <laughs> like you're you're real on top of your game, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> Some kind of Egyptian god of the moon talking about flushing turds. Yeah, this guy's got bits for days. <laughs> um, and he's literally like, as soon as Mark kind of turns against him, he he instantly gets like hostile and toxic. Yeah, because Mark's like, I'm just trying to like eat with my friends. Like I'm gonna do your thing, but 
can I have a moment? Yeah. He's like, oh, boo-hoo, you lost a lot. but You'll lose more before this is over. It's right. Like, literally, like, getting angry the first time he gets any kind of confrontation. Yep. So I think this is, like, this whole comic is very intentionally trying to tell a story about, like, one person dealing with mental illness and another person outside of that just trying to get whatever they can out of this person and ignoring all of the problems they're having. Yeah, just kind of pin pinning them along the right. entire way. Like, I don't way. care what you're going through or what mental illness you have. Do my thing. Yeah, like, yeah. you need to get stuff done for me. Yeah. Like, that's entirely what this story is about, I feel yeah. like. Um, and, he, and Marlene's the last person with him, and him and Marlene essentially go uh, hand in hand marching up to the pyramid. And there's a really touching moment, too, where he asks Marlene, he's like, like, do you remember me? And he's like, I remember everything. Yep. And you even get a couple scenes that are actually panel for panel from the Doug Mensch, uh, yeah. Bill Senkowitz run. Yep. Um, a couple of these, I think the the panel, the third panel here is actually from the first issue. So we saw that. Yep. Um, the, the one at the top where he's fighting the guy with the electric brain is actually a few issues later. Yeah, I didn't see that, dude. Um, but it's a, it's a cool flashback where you're like, oh, no, that all happened. And I remember. Um. And this issue ends with him having to fight Moon Knight, which is hilarious because it's. I think that's just Conchu literally being like, "What can I throw that's gonna really fuck him up?" Right. Oh, this will make him confused. Here yeah. Oh, I do want to call out too while we're on the final issue here, an iconic uh, cover from uh, Greg Smallwood. Um, this is like a Moon Knight cover people always come back to, where it's him in the Mister Knight costume, but he's pulling a mask off of him to reveal like the Mister Mister Knight mask. Like he's pulling his skin off. Yep. Like like it's well, oh it yeah, was a mask. It, it's phenomenal. Yeah, and if and the and the mask fills the negative space like of the costume, it's so fucking good. Um, like the, the way that Moon Knight's costume is, it's just artists probably look at it and they're like, they salivate. They're like, yes, yeah, for real. I can do my weird paneling idea, <laughs> dude. Holy crap! I just realized that this comic changes artist uh, after like page six. Oh uh, yeah this one has a few different artists i was gonna say this one has greg smallwood but we also do get uh will Fro- uh, wilfredo torres francesco uh vancavia and uh james taco who will actually be uh, on a couple issues later yeah we've on in this read run. a few of his too yep uh, we read uh, alien dead orbit of his uh, yep. back a couple halloweens ago very good comic that i oh, recommend yeah. Phenomenal. he wrote and did the art on that one um and they brought him in here to do some sci-fi space art too yeah so <laughs> they, they knew what they were getting yeah it works very well uh, that'll be what we talk about next week when we get into more of that stuff. But and what's cool too is I can definitely tell the Moon Knight that he's facing here, like the way that he talks and acts. This is very much like a relic of a character that he's talking to. This is like the personality and the way I'd expect Moon Knight to talk in that original run we read. Yeah, for Cause, sure. Because in that he didn't have a lot of the more supernatural uh, aspects to him. He was just kind of still a mercenary. Yeah. Uh, who had a new costume and kind of like talked to a god sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's that's basically who we have here. It's just like a dude in a costume, and he's like, "You're insane. I'm taking you to jail." He's talking like. Batman. Yep. Um, and he's like, I, 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 I'm you before you lost your mind. Stop struggling and let me end this. And uh, Mr. Knight literally, like, he's like, I'm not insane and stabs him in the gut and kills him. And mm-hmm. then he just kind of falls over. And and this is where we get the, some of the James Deco arcs. This starts to pitch some of the ideas we'll get later in the uh, in the arc, where uh, he kind of like he regains consciousness, and Moon Knight takes like the uh, the evil Moon Knight takes Marlene and goes into the temple. Yep. And he has to chase after her and finds this closed uh, door with like a moon symbol on it, like a stone door. And when he goes through it, he literally ends up on the freaking moon. <laughs> um, and that's when we change artists to uh, to James Deco. And I I apologize if I'm saying your last name incorrectly. I've thought about that as we did this episode. it's either stoko or stoko stoke or stoke there's a lot of ways you can stoke do it. yeah it could I, be stoke i apologize either way your art's fantastic um <laughs> we're very read. midwest i can't read that's the thing I, my reading is bad um that's why i do uh, uh well we definitely have an accent even though so many people from the midwest will say we don't oh no definitely <laughs> absolutely do um 
Well, and plus, there's a reason that uh, that this is a podcast about books with pictures. Oh yeah, we're not good at reading. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the scene on the moon is very much just set up for later, I think, because it shows him in like a uh, um, an astronaut suit, and he's yep. looking around like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> oh, there's more astronaut suit space battles in in uh, issues seven and six. Yeah, it's like right after this. Yeah. Um, but it just shows him like on the moon, and all of a sudden he sees all these like werewolf looking things. Yeah. And they all start howling and chasing after him on the moon, and he's like, "What the fuck is happening? What the fuck?" <laughs> And is able to escape and then goes back and the art changes again. Um, and it changes to a more kind of like cartoonish. Um, uh, the coloration is much more smooth colored. It uh, looks kind of more like a. Um, uh, like more like a grounded kind of look and more definitely the most grounded look we've gotten so far. Oh, yeah. Um, and it, which makes sense because it just it shows him. It's um, Stephen Grant, his uh, millionaire persona, his playboy yep. persona. That, yeah, it's almost kind of like exactly like the one from that uh, Sankowitz run yeah it's exactly where he's just like the big millionaire like actor dude yeah and that's pretty much always what the um the steven grant personality has been is the millionaire bruce wayne kind of person yeah it's interesting in the show how this take of steven grant is just like a single like just working class dude i think it makes sense because i think if you are having an alter ego that was kind of thrown together at the last second um, oh yeah it's harder to have that be a person be a millionaire true <laughs> that's hard to explain <laughs> yeah very true in, in the original run it was just like oh he had money because he was this mercenary who did all these shady jobs yeah but that it, it would be a weird carryover yeah to have the multi the billionaire playboy personality isn't really uh, a good carryover yeah for sure um, and it, again, it just it makes it too close to Batman. It does. Yeah, <laughs> there's already very few degrees of separation unless you really do a stylized story. Let's we can remove the little ones. Oh yeah. Um, but this this uh, place where we have him is uh, Stephen Grant on the set of a Moon Knight show, which is again a thing we'll be going back to later. Yep. Um, or it's maybe maybe a Moon Knight movie. It's unclear. Um, but he's directing it and kind of like doing this whole thing, um, uh, showing this, and he again gets chased through a door. Um, to a kind of a very colorful, a lot of like blues and purples. Uh, it looks very much like a, like an old eighties uh, kind of like Batman yeah, it's very, comic. Very Miami Vice colors. Yeah, and, it's, and it's very dated uh, like look at New York too. This is a very like Frank Miller kind of like eighties yeah. uh, look at New York. It's de- yeah, it's definitely intentional. Yeah, absolutely. And it's Jake Lockley as his uh, cabbie personality. Because in that cabbie personality, that really only fits in like an 80s New York. For sure. Like, that's yeah. not really a thing anymore. That's... He'd, be like, he'd be Jake Lockley, the Uber driver. <laughs> exactly. And like, it, and that's like, because in the in the 80s uh, run, it, it's so like pivotal on Jake Lockley's character that he, this is how he gets his information or like his inside. Like, that's just it, not a thing anymore. just like, dude, uh, yeah, if, if that tried to be a character today, just like some random Uber yeah. taxi driver like trying to solve a crime. <laughs> Like that is not going to work. Like, Those why? people are just going to ignore you. Yeah. Why? Why is my Uber driver talking to me? This is not normal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about someone getting murdered. Like, leave me alone. I'm trying to get to work. Hey, did you hear about that brutal murder on Sixth Street? What, what do the, you know? What the fuck, man? I'm going to see my kid at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is very off-putting. One star. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's uh, these three scenes of Moon Knight uh, running through these different uh, personalities and different scenes, which again are all set up for the arcs moving forward. Uh, we'll cut back to pretty much all three of those scenarios later. Yeah. Um, and at one point he runs into, and this might be a, a hint as to what is actually happening, why there might have actually been Egyptian gods in this, because he ends up running into Seth, uh, one of the Egyptian gods. In fact, the one whom uh, Khonshu... I think told- that one might be Set. Oh, is it Set? 
but I think it's one of those where it's like in in one of his alter er, fabrications. It's oh, that's my buddy Seth, but I think it's actually Seth. Uh, okay, so, I think it's pronounced Seth. But in this I could ver- be completely in, wrong. But in this version would be Seth then. Yeah. Um, but it's spelled Seth, so that makes sense why you'd have that. Like, oh no, I'm regular guy. Yeah. Seth. Yep. Just like uh, like Emmett was. Amu, yeah, Emmett yeah. and Amud, yeah, okay. for sure. Um. But he finds him. Like, uh, Seth is the person who uh, Khonshu told him was re- responsible for all of this. And so he finds him, like, in a, in a cell, in a stone cell. So uh, that makes me think that maybe some of the other gods we saw were also real. Yeah, could have been. And maybe being used. Maybe they were also imprisoned by Khonshu, and they were, he was just using their images. Oh, like, yeah. Maybe he didn't run into Anubis. Maybe he did run into Khonshu, but he had Anubis locked up somewhere and was using his image. Yeah, true, true. Um, because he has, he has set here, and this part doesn't seem like something... Kanshu wanted him to find this seems, seems like something he's coming upon yep um because he even tells him like oh you're Kanshu's pup you probably do whatever he wants you to do even if you don't know it mm-hmm. um yeah because he literally says like come to finish me off right and it's so it's like uh no i was planning on it yeah i don't know what happened exactly yeah um and uh and this is where it all gets revealed he keeps he walks past a set and keeps going up to try to get some answers and he finds what he thinks is moon knight sitting at at the chair and like we said this there was this old kind of version of moon knight that he was fighting and he asks him like i know you're not moon knight who are you like who are you really reveal yourself and this is where we think we're going to get the super villain reveal like ah oh, it was me the red skull yeah like, nope, <laughs> uh, it's Kanshu himself he pulls off the mask and it actually looks really cool because it's still the floating bird skull but like on Boon Knight's body right it looks pretty cool I love how his like first words after taking the mask off he's just like I needed you and you did this to me <laughs> yeah that's what I mean it's like it's always this like uh like very just like point pointing it back at you like this is your fault what yeah. have you done yeah exactly um it's just this very abusive relationship between him and Kanshu in here yeah it's done very well um, but he's like, why? Like you, you lied to me about all of this. You said New York was under attack and like, all was any of this real? And he's like, well, not really, but I did it for a reason. <laughs> uh, he's like, you're, you're a loyal servant, Mark Spector. And, and I must have one final thing of you. This, this body is weak and it's dying. And, and like pointing at himself, he's like, I need yours. I need you to fully be like the fist of Khonshu. Yep. Like, I need you to fully kind of give into the symbiosis. And and he and again is using his mind to try to take advantage of him. He's like, "Your mind is broken, Mark. You must know this." And he hesitates, like he like trying. He's like, "Sure, I know this." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Well, then let me take over. Let me fill in. I can get get rid of all the pain, all the confusion. I can make it easy for you. Like, just let me be the boss. Like, you you served me well. Like, your job is done." And Mark is like. Well, no, you're you're not the boss of me or my mind, and I'm going to do my own thing. So fuck you. Yep. And immediately, like we saw in the bathroom, as soon as he hears no, he, at first Kanchu always comes up with, "Oh, my son, I'm the only one here. For you. I'll do anything <laughs> for you, my son, my sweet boy." Yeah. And then the second he hears no, he's like, "Oh, what do you think, you little bitch? You think you can make it on your own? <laughs> right. Yeah. See how you like it. Get the fuck out of the car." Yeah. That's pretty much exactly what. <laughs> yeah, and then he just turns around straight up, just jumps out of the pyramid. Yep. To his it, death. It's a. It's, that's how this whole uh, arc ends. Is he says. Fuck you, Kanshu. I'm I'm the boss of me, and he jumps out of the pyramid, falling and remembering his past life again. One of these like kind of painted uh, memories of, of yep. his friends before, and he's like, "That was that was that was me. That was when I was in charge." And yeah, and then the final shot we see is him kind of like bleeding out on the ground, and then we cut to Stephen Grant again in the style of like we saw when he was filming the movie, and he wakes up like it was all a dream, and uh, he he's with Marlene. And, you know, opens the window and it's a brand new day. Yep. And so even even though, like, by the end, we've got a very clear picture of everything that happened. All the questions are pretty much answered. They, there's still never a wasted opportunity to have it end with, 
was it real? Exactly. <laughs> Why not? Why not end it that way? Yep. Because if you're if you're in Stephen Grant's in this case shoes, that's what you got to be asking right now. Was any of that real? Yeah, exactly. And it, it's it's cool too because literally in the next issue or two, there's like little parts where he'll be talking and then marlene will accidentally call him mark yep and and shit like that oh, it's so, so it, good. It, it's a it's really like strung along really well well and what's cool too is uh we'll talk more about this next week but the, where the book goes after this we leave the whole hospital illusion kind of thing behind um but the, it doesn't like that's still very much in the memory of what just happened and they play with that like you just said where you you're wondering even though things are, seem a little more normal now is has anything changed? Yeah. So they do a really good job of like making that seem like the big question. Yep. Um. So I, yeah, I'm still trying to like predict where like this is uh, supposed to be heading or like what Conshu's end game would be because yep. I get I really don't know enough about Moon Knight to probably come to that. But that, it, that's why it, it'll it's be a really good opening one. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Because like uh, people who like know Conshu and. Kanshu's motivations changed writer to writer, too. Yeah. It's never that set, really. Okay. Um, because it's a god. They can have weird ways they work. They yep. could be one way it's one one day, and the next year they could be a totally different way for unexplainable reasons. They're from oh, yeah. the other void. Who knows? Exactly. Um, but yeah, it, it's a really cool um, uh, first book to read, because then you really don't know what to make mm. of, of the motivations, where they stand. Um, you're pretty much right there. Like when 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 they seem like this kind of watchful parent, the guiding voice. You're like, oh, okay, here we go. That makes sense. That's yeah. that's the role in the story. Yeah. But then later, it's like, no, okay, that's not. What is it then? Yeah, because that you assume that that's like the anchor for that character, and then once right. that's pulled out from the rug, you're like, shit. Well, where's this going now? It's not unlike um when you start reading it, you probably draw like some comparisons to like Venom, where it's like you're sitting there and you hear Venom and like, oh, this is the person who's always with you. That's yeah. my buddy. It's my partner. Yeah. But it's not quite that relationship. Not quite. <laughs> um, so yeah, it goes without saying. Uh, definitely read this book. Uh, we, I, we that's five issues, and we talked about it longer than I thought we were gonna. Yeah, um, there's a lot to break down there. It's very, very good book. Um, oh yeah, and we're gonna read the rest of it uh, next week. Uh, without further ado, uh, we'll probably be able to wrap this up pretty quickly because there's only one episode yeah. so far. Um, but we're gonna talk a little bit about the pilot episode of the Moon Knight show, which came out last Wednesday. Um, new episode coming out in a couple days which we'll talk about on our... Uh, we'll actually be able to talk about the next two episodes on our next one, but... Yeah. Um, as far as the pilot goes, there are some definitely some interesting things. I, I'm definitely more excited about this show than I was going in. For sure. Because we haven't... Honestly, we haven't reviewed a lot of the, the Disney Plus shows on this podcast. Yeah. And the reason why is because there's not a lot to talk about with, mm. with them, really. Yeah, because um, most of them are just, you know just launching pads for other yeah. movies that are going to happen. Or honestly, they're not even that. They're just launching pads for here's the new costume. That too. <laughs> <laughs> Usually by the end, that's the big takeaway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or the new, yeah, new costume or the new character. We, like, uh, I don't remember. Did we do, we did do WandaVision. We did. That was the first one. And that one actually, there was stuff to talk about with that yeah, one. Yeah, that was at least, like, a different flavor of they what tried to do anything thing we were used one. to. Yeah. Yeah, they, they took some chances on that. Yeah. Um, we ended up, we talked about Loki, but that one we could have skipped. It was only really yeah. fun to talk about because of the way it ended. Yeah, yeah. And the book we read was an L.E. Wing book, so we got excited about it. So that worked. For sure. But like, I don't, we ended up doing a Falcon and Winter Soldier episode that I ended up, the audio got corrupted and the episode <laughs> never came out. And I was like, I was like, you know what? I don't that, think, I don't think anything fine. was lost. <laughs> I don't think so either. I don't even remember what we talked about. I don't either. Because we, we read like the first arc in the, uh, um, the book was great. The Fal- yeah, the Captain America Falcon book was fine. Uh, it was the best Spencer book I've read so far. But the the show 
we had nothing to say about it. Mm-hmm. And then by the time we were done about that, uh, I was I thought about the, do we do one on on the Hawkeye show? And I was like, no. We- I think we just got super disheartened or like just got a bad taste after like how bad they folded at the end of Captain America. Yeah, because the whole thing like we- they they were trying to say a few things in that show that were decent, but then by the end of it, they just kind of dropped it and were like, oh well, what if we all just came together? Yeah, it had one of those <laughs> annoying tropes where it was like they have these like leftist terrorists who are like, we want to we, we yeah. want rights for every person, and we're gonna do it by blowing up babies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, Come on. <laughs> yep. It's like you see these these extremists; they want equal rights and. Damn, they're doing it really bad, but maybe yep. they have some good points. That's not really the message we're <laughs> They're going just for. as bad as the ones destroying the planet. <laughs> <laughs> maybe what we should do is just chill out and do nothing. Let's just have a discussion and meet somewhere in the middle. Maybe all the world needs is hope. Yes. Yeah, it pretty much had like a doomsday clock resolution. Pretty much. Um, And, and like I said, the Hawkeye show was worse because there was nothing we could say about that. Nope. Like we, It would have been fun. I didn't to- even watch it. Oh, that's fine. You, you missed nothing. <laughs> I mean, I heard the some of the Kate stuff was cool, but I I really don't want to watch a Jeremy Renner thing if I don't. That was the have biggest to. problem. Is Jeremy oh, yeah. Renner had to be in the show? Yeah, and he was the main character, so he had to be in it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Even though the show so clearly had a different main character, you got to justify that paycheck somehow. Like the show could have easily and would have been so much better just being a Kate Bishop show. Honestly, it could have had no God, connection dude. to Hawkeye at all. She could have just been some person who shoots arrows and was like, who's Hawkeye? <laughs> Why? I'm assuming they missed their golden opportunity to kill him off. Uh, yeah, they never did. That would have yeah, been, been perfect. That would have been lovely. You could have killed two <laughs> birds with one stone. Get rid of Hawkeye, that character, and Jeremy Renner. I think they just knew audiences would just cheer. So they need to just have him quietly disappear. Yeah, that would have been like a freaking... Like, uh, uh, an endgame moment in the theaters. Like, everyone right. <laughs> stands up and applauses. Yeah, everyone goes wild when Jeremy Renner dies. Oh, God. Crowd reaction cheering. <laughs> oh, that wasn't in theaters, but either way. That would have been hilarious, though. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, what we're here to talk about is... Well, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this one is because the Hawkeye was a good example of what we were complaining about before. Yeah. It, was, it was all MCU tie-ins. They just couldn't shut up about the Avengers. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could argue there's an Avenger in the show. Yeah. Who cares? Have it be its own thing anyway. Right. The Hawkeye book has Hawkeye from the Avengers, but it's still just a book about a guy with an arrow. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which is a shame because I would have loved to talk about that book, but that's... Yeah, I've heard there's some good Hawkeye books at least. Well, the one that it's based... The one they based that show off of almost to an offensive degree was... uh, Yeah, but they literally just ripped it off. Yeah, and then didn't credit the artist. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Unbelievable. Um, That book would have been fun to read, but yeah, it would have been soured. It would have been not worth talking about the show. Yeah. Um, But this one actually... Moon Knight, to get back on track finally, is actually um, doing it in a way where it's telling its own story and it feels like it's going to exist completely by itself. Mm-hmm. Like There wasn't even a small reference to... Uh, well, there might have been one. Because I remember seeing a, a banner for like the blip recovery, but it was so far in the background oh, yeah, that you yeah. would need to be like an MCU nerd to even begin to spot it. And it definitely helps that this takes place in England and not the u.s because right. as far as we are in the mcu there's not any like british or uh, like... there's thor the dark world oh that's right i don't think yeah. anyone's gonna reference that though. no <laughs> definitely <laughs> hey, remember when but... malekith invaded no i actually don't remember that at all <laughs> yeah well it helps that there's no like british superheroes ingrained in that universe yet yeah i don't think they're gonna bring in captain britain anytime soon probably not well they did in the that the animated show uh captain britain didn't they in the anime what animated show in the the what if or whatever uh oh no you're thinking of uh, thinking of, you're thinking Ca- of Captain America Peggy I'm, I'm, of Peggy, I'm yeah. talking about Alan Moore Captain Britain, ah yeah yeah yeah, yeah no. uh, the, very different character yeah <laughs> B- 
brother of Psylocke, yeah. Yep. Uh, no, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, let's hope not. Um, Sorry to all the Captain Britain stands. <laughs> hey, there's probably a lot of them <laughs> There out actually there. probably are. Right, Excalibur is not an unloved comic. That actually, I actually have heard about that. Yeah, that, that's the Chris Claremont one where it's like they're all basically part of that team. Yeah. Like Nightcrawler and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's no uh, London superheroes, so that does kind of ground us in a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, but I think the strongest reason why it's good, because you could have had like someone mention Spider-Man and it would have been fine, like yeah. we said about the comic. But the key thing that makes it stand alone is putting it in the point of view of Mark, just like this comic did. I think they Steven. both work for the same reason. Steven. Uh, Steven, sorry, yeah. in this example, yeah, we haven't, uh, we only met Mark at the end. Yep. Um, but yeah, they put you in Steven's shoes where he's just a guy. Uh, and it, it actually a little bit reminded me of The Leftovers. Um, if anyone's seen that show on HBO, it's also about a person who uh, sleepwalks because they kind of become someone else at night. Yeah. Um, I have no memory of it. Yeah. And so him like chaining himself to the bed, it's a very cool image. That oh, yeah. You don't e- they don't even they don't ever show him sleepwalking or any of it. No. But all they show you is him chaining himself to the bed, which begs enough questions. Yeah. For you to be like, uh, why? Yep. And then he's got like the tape on the crease of the door to see if it because if it breaks, that means it's been open. Yep. Oh, there's so many little cool things that show you that he's been living with this situation for a while. Yeah. And they don't give you, like, all of the clues, even by the end of this episode. Yeah, he's got the ring of sand around the bed, too. That's not explained, but I'm sure that they'll mention it at some point. Yeah, it's got to be some kind of thing to, like, show things changing over time. Yeah. Um... Because he's very clearly already like the Moon Knight. Uh, he's already got that going on because yep. he's been going out at night, like doing crime fighting, ass- uh, assumingly. Assuming. Um, and uh, he has all these little things set up, and then he has this like a really cool character trait they gave him was never being able to sleep. Yeah, because he doesn't actually <laughs> get sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was a really good trait. That, that, that I don't think that's anything that's ever played up in the comics, but that makes a lot of sense, and it's a fun trait to play. Yeah, with. for sure. Um. But having it be that personality where the first time he goes into Moon Knight, like he's all of a sudden like he wakes up like in the middle of uh, wherever the hell he was in Europe. Yeah, he's in like the Swiss Alps. Yeah. <laughs> um. So having the pilot episode be like the episode where like those personalities start to like almost break a little bit. And that's the first time he gets real hints as to what's happening. Yeah. Uh, is a great way to set up the pilot. Because then you get this really exciting sequence right in the middle of the episode where he is just in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. And he has no, no idea, idea what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. That, that part was actually kind of gross because he literally wakes up face down in the grass and his jaw is like dislocated. Yeah. And he's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I have a feeling what, what we're going to get next. And I really hope this is the case because I love shows that do this, like really uh, dedicated episodes. Yeah. Is I have a feeling my gut reaction is the next episode is going to be entirely Mark Spector of every and sh- like and showing, showing us- some of the missing parts that we didn't get yeah yeah I think that's what we're going to do it's going to be like Mark Spector like you know waking up in bed untying the chain that uh, would yeah that would be kind of cool it's going to be him going to Europe buying the new goldfish and yep. putting it in the tank it's going to be all asking those the girl things. out on a date yep. yeah we're going to get all those little things I bet it's <clears> kind of a dick move by Mark <laughs> like why would he do that and Stephen Grant never gets laid let me hook him up yeah like, but no, he don't yeah but he didn't he and he did it to a steak place exactly <laughs> he had to have known he was a vegan and the fact that, like he didn't he wouldn't know for sure if Mark would actually or Stephen would actually be able to well, make it it might have been an accident though it might have been Could he be. ran into someone who already knew Stephen Grant oh yeah and like maybe he didn't know that yeah and like he asked her out and then it turns out that she knew who he was like oh aren't you the person who works at the oh that's true and yeah. then he, now he has to play with that well yeah. we'll find out I think true yeah like there were enough little things that they didn't explain enough 
And I, it's an MCU show, so I'm almost positive they're going to explain it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> as much credit as I'm giving it, I still don't think this show has enough faith to just let questions lie. Oh, no, like, no. The, it's not like it's still not an experimental like uh, thriller. It's still going it, to it's definitely going to hinge on those. Yeah, questions. They still have answered. to handhold. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that's why we'll get that. Because I think that's a cool way. If, if you're going to handhold, that's a really fun way to do it. Yeah, at least it's rule of cool. Yeah, and, and it leaves <laughs> us in the dark for a while, at least. Like for the first episode, you're in the dark. And the second episode, oh, now it's starting to make sense and yeah. you still don't even have all the personalities you're just getting one more yeah and you don't need you don't need them all right away right exactly so i think that's a great way to do it and then you can even end the episode the same way him waking up in the bathroom and then beating the guy and then the third episode you finally move forward i had a thought too depending on how uh like if because it seems like they're definitely drawing a lot from lemire already yeah and I like agree. those like dog demon things that he's fighting in the museum yeah i have like a slight i have a, 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 th- a shot in the dart that those are actually going to be like people that he's like fucking beaten, oh maybe like the souls of the people yeah i feel died. like steven's gonna wake up and there's just me like bloody corpses everywhere oh it could be yeah <laughs> which would be kind of interesting because we still don't know fully what um his deal is that ethan hawk's character yeah it's i mean so far on style alone it works yeah because he like it obviously ethan hawk's legendary but like already because literally the opening scene of the show is that it's it's shot really cool it's just like a dude like drinking a shot from a glass breaking the glass and filling his shoes with glass Mm -hmm. it's just like oh i mean this is interesting yeah that again it's those kind of little scenes it's hard for me to fully explain why i like it or why i think i think what it is is like you wouldn't never that's a scene that would be entirely out of place in any of these other shows oh yeah because it's another one of those scenes where you just get it and there's nothing explained and yep. there's probably so many audiences being like that was weird yeah I, I don't like this like what was that yeah like that doesn't even make sense mm-hmm. but like that's how you do storytelling like, oh yeah so we're finally going back Good to the basics of like you've written a script that could exist anywhere yep and like, so you just got to let these questions exist, especially because you have six episodes. You got time, baby. Exactly. You got so much time. So much. So many of these shows are just in a hurry to get nowhere. Yep. We're to the point where in Falcon and Winter Soldier, you had to have in all of episode five just be this boat barbecue adventure. <laughs> <laughs> for real, though. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for this. Um, I, I uh, Ethan's Hawk, Ethan Hawk's character, we don't get a lot of, but just the way it's acted, and I like how little we know about him. That's yeah. what I'm most, the most excited about. Yeah, because like th- where he wakes up, it basically from the just early gist I'm getting is that this is like a cult town. Like this is an I- just some isolated village. It, it where definitely the- seemed like there was no authority trying to stop them. Yeah, yeah. Like Ethan Hawk's the authority. And, like yeah, exactly. he literally like brings everyone to the town center, and everyone like hangs on like every word of his. Which I, th- how they play that is cool when. Uh, Steven's like trying to hide in the crowd and then Ethan Hawke gives like a, a kneel command to like everyone in the city and he's the only one that doesn't do it right away. Yep. He's like, oh, it's you. Ah, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Ethan Hawke's character, if I had to get, it's got to be some kind of like Egyptian god of like uh, pain. Well, I think he mentioned the god, wasn't it? Amma, uh, Amma? Is it? Yeah, I think it was. Did it they was, actually it was name the scales that? of judgment. Oh, yeah. that's right. They did do the scales. Yep. So yeah, I guess. I don't know what the whole glass shoe thing is. Oh, I think it's like, I think it's more than just judgment. I think it's about trials. I think it's about oh, like, like, okay. yeah. So I think it's more like, it's more like he has to prove. It's his thing to bear. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, I think it's that kind of situation, but we don't know. That, yeah. That's what's fun. To, that's what actually makes a show like this fun to speculate about. Yeah. What are you going to speculate about in episode one of Hawkeye? Are they going <laughs> to run out of arrows? <laughs> Who's going to be name dropped in the next episode? Oh no. Is, are people going to find out he's the Ronin? <laughs> I want that to happen. That's not tension. <laughs> oh man um 
so yeah we have a lot of fun questions to, to like break down here that i we actually talked about this already longer than i thought i was we were going to yeah um so I, i'm excited to see where this goes next because they had some fun ways to shoot the scenes as well like the ending where he's talking to himself in the mirror from all these different angles it's great yeah very very cool okay i have to say it it's it's just me being uh oh we'll get this about it yeah think, no one's gonna argue with this the, the car chase is abysmal it's the, that the CGI cars was one of the worst things yeah, I've ever that seen. That was easily the worst part of the episode. Easily. But if that has to be the worst part, I'll, that's, whatever. That's what I would love to be the worst part of the episode. Yeah. CGI. For sure. Like, I don't need, like, the show doesn't have to be, like, the freaking action packed, like, car chase, like, explosion, like, right. filled. It doesn't have to be that. Granted, what I've seen from the fight scenes, they look really well shot. Yeah. The, so we have that to look forward to. Yeah. The hand to hand looks good. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, when the CGI is terrible, but that's uh, at least that's not on the creative team. That's yeah, that's on totally. Disney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all Disney just being cheap assholes. Yep. Like, do you really need uh, all that money for falling logs? Kind of. It looks like shit. Kinda. Uh, don't do it. I don't think we need to have these other two cars be physical. Prove to me that people like a Moon Knight first. <laughs> right. Then you can have your money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just something we're gonna have to get used to with these yeah. these shows. Like, I, Disney's always gonna go with the cheapest amount possible for cgi Agreed, and it's, yeah. that's just gonna how it's so gonna you just be. gotta learn to hand wave it and hopefully the directors realize what they have and they make it as brief as possible absolutely which is yeah. what we got it's falling logs and then the director's like forget you saw anything you saw nothing <laughs> and like, yeah and it's literally just them like going down a, a sw uh like a swipey just mountain just yeah. highway it's just like curves and curves it's like all right let's let's move along um, but before we finish, one thing I wanted to call out as well. Um, we've mentioned it a couple times in context to other things, but incredibly cool decision to have the whole episode be from Stephen Grant's perspective because, and this, this is counterintuitive, they probably got notes telling him not to do this, Yeah. but it, it because it's only Stephen Grant's perspective, we get no fight scenes. Until, oh, until the, end. the end, yeah, yeah, but he, but that's no longer Steven. That's when uh, we finally met him. Then. I mean, unless you want to count him like bumbling in a freaking ice cream truck. Oh well, no, but I think that's, that's what I mean. Is <laughs> like the only time we get actual fight scenes, we don't see it. Yeah, you, until the end. Yeah, yeah, because that's not him doing it. That's yep. Mark or Moon Knight, probably more accurately. Yep. Um. So that that's a really cool creative decision to just have him like as soon as he needs to get in a fight, all of a sudden his mind starts shaking and he wakes up and his corpses around him yeah. bloody corpses to be to give credit yeah i didn't didn't expect that yeah blood in my disney show i know yeah it was tv 14 so i can get away with a little bit yeah um but yeah i just thought that was a cool thing where i imagine like i could totally see some disney executive being like no you got to show the fight scene here so like the audience knows this is going to be a badass action yeah pack show for sure but no we don't because that's the whole point yep so i'm glad that it it avoided some of the worst impulses of some of the other disney shows yep i'm hoping that that continues yeah we can hope and it's not just the, the Disney Marvel shows either. Book of Boba Fett had a lot of those Disney trappings as well. Oh, yeah. It, that's, it, they have a formula down, and yeah. it's something that they stick to with all a lot of their shows. Yeah, it, it's it's going to seep its way in everywhere. We just hope the creative teams have enough push here, yep. I guess. Yeah, we just have to hope for bold filmmakers. Yep. Um, so uh, next week we will be continuing uh, basically uh, the conversation we had today. We're going to be talking about the rest of the Jeff Lemire uh, Moon Knight run all the way up until the finish. All the way up into the finish, and then after that, we are going to be watching uh, episodes two and three of the Moon Knight show and discussing those as well. Um, we're and we're going to keep doing this until the show is finished, which I think will make it a four parter. Yeah. Which I think that's a fun one to do a deep dive on is Moon Knight. It's a lot of different runs, and all of them are wildly different. So yeah. we'll get some different takes in here. Definitely. Uh, so that'll be it for this week. Join us next week for some more Moon Knight action. Oh yes. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>